Did you know that most vitamin D3 supplements come from sheep's wool? I'm Kat, founder of Ritual. We're making traceability the new standard for the supplement industry. When I was pregnant, I couldn't find a multivitamin I could trust, so I created my own. Ours is made traceable, third-party tested, and clean label project certified. Oh, and our vitamin D3? It comes from sustainably harvested lichen from England, not sheep. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash podcast. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So welcome to this episode of the Rocks Pile Rockies Report, brought to you by Rocks Pile. My name's Kevin Henry. I'm one of the experts here at Rocks Pile, coming to you from northern Colorado tonight after the second consecutive Rockies win. That's just one of the things that we're going to talk about tonight, but I first of all want to bring in uh, from the great state of Ohio, our other expert here on the site, Noah Yingling. Noah, how are you tonight? Pretty good. How are you? Hey, all good here and super excited to have one of our very frequent contributors and uh, love that he's often the voice of the fan for us, uh, which is great. And Aaron Hurt coming to us from Nebraska. Aaron, what's going on tonight? It's going well, my friends. Hey, good. Good, good, good. So let's start off talking about this two-game winning streak here, you know, and, and it's sad that we've got to talk about a two-game winning streak, but I believe that's the first time since since June, <laughs> late June, I should say, that the Rockies have put together two in a row. So we're coming to the point where the trade deadline's coming up. There's a lot of decisions that are going to be made. Would love to get uh, – uh, Aaron, I'm going to throw it at you first. Uh, you know, uh, first first timer on the podcast. You're, you're going to go into the fire real quickly. Uh, is this something that you see maybe the Rockies being able to put together a winning streak in time to do something at the trade deadline? Yeah, would love your thoughts. Uh, no. <laughs> All right. Yeah, this team is <laughs> – yeah, it, it's – I'm just happy that the offense finally showed up for once, but – we have less than a week till the trade deadline. It's there's not a whole lot that they can do. They're really going to make them get back into it to be buyers at the deadline. So it's going to be tough sled ahead for them going forward. So then I'll spin it around and I'll ask you: Do you see them being sellers at the deadline, or do you see them doing much at all? Kind of curious for your thoughts. Um, I'm thinking they're going to stay pat. To the truth, if they might make a move. Yeah. Like Chris Iannetta might move out, but. Maybe an arm in the bullpen might head out. But other than that, I don't see anything big going on. All right, Noah, throw it to you, man. Uh, is this a team that could put together some crazy winning streak and get back in the playoff chase? Um, as they've played in the last month, absolutely not. Uh, okay. Could they? Yes, but I, I don't foresee it because, like you said, I mean, they haven't won back-to-back -back games. Well, before tonight, they hadn't won back-to-back -back games since – July 28th or June 28th and 29th. I mean, that's a month long. So, I mean, I don't foresee it, but I mean, it's baseball. So who knows? They could go on a 20 game winning streak now that we're saying that they won't. So, um, but yeah, I, I don't foresee it. So do you, what do you see them doing at the trade deadline? Cause they're, 
They're showing a little bit of life now. Is it enough to do something, or what do you think they're going to do? Personally, I think, just like Aaron, they're going to stay in Pat. Maybe a small right. move, move Chris Iannetta somewhere, since right now this is more of a seller's market um, because there's a lot of teams still in contention. Um, but personally, I don't – for some of the bigger moves, like – for example, there was rumors, oh, Charlie Blackman's going to be traded. Yeah, at right. that chance. Um, right. Unless they somehow get, like, I texted you a few days ago. If they if the Astros decide to be morons and, oh, we're going to give you Jose Altuve and Justin Verlander for Charlie Blackman. <laughs> oh, sure. Okay, we'll do sure. that trade. But I obviously that's never going to happen. So unless it's some mammoth trade like that, I highly, highly doubt it would happen. Yeah, and, and it's like I wrote uh, on the site a few days ago about that, you know, they're not going to move Charlie because, first of all, it doesn't make any sense, especially if this team is going to start showing just a pulse, uh, which they are. And at the same time, everybody is always talking about what players are available or not. So the fact that somebody was asking about Charlie is not a surprise. I'm sure there were plenty of folks asking about Nolan in the offseason. You know, I mean, it, it happens. So. You know, let, let's take that for what it is and just baseball business. Uh, but well, I will, I'll, yeah, go ahead. And especially, too, I mean, we're, what, July 26th right now? And what's happened for trade stuff? Martin Maldonado went to the Cubs. Yeah. That's about oh, and, it. And, and, big, <laughs> and then they signed a big DFA with Derek Holland earlier, man. I tell you, ooh. So, uh, yeah. yeah, our family. Cubby's crib, I'm sure, thrilled about all that. Um, yeah, so I mean, I, I, essentially, these rumors are just filling up time of, oh, this might happen, probably not, but it's uh, one yeah. in a thousand chance that it could happen, so let's put it out there. Well, and, and I think that we've got to consider a lot of these contracts that the Rockies have, we're not enamored with these contracts in any way of Ian Desmond and Wade Davis and Charlie Blackman and Daniel Murphy and, and everybody else, you know, that they're talking about trying to push. So will another team eat some of that cash to get those contracts and those guys in? I just don't see it. Honestly, I don't. Uh, so, I don't either. Yeah, I, I don't think the I, you know, I kind of agree with you guys. that I think it's going to be a pretty quiet trade deadline as far as the Rockies go. And one of the reasons it's going to be a quiet trade deadline is because they dropped three out of four in Washington, D.C. Uh, during what was just a miserable trip uh, to our nation's capital. And Aaron, you were lucky enough to experience part of that. I don't know if I should say congratulations or I'm sorry on that. <laughs> uh, what can I say? That was a not exciting trip, that's for sure. <laughs> so, so you... Go ahead. Well, we we get we went to the first game on Monday night, and we get to the stadium. I bought my sixteen dollar beer, and the and we put our feet up in the club in the club section. And next thing you know, on the PA, here comes the game's been postponed. And my wife just looked at me and was like, "Are you serious? This just happened." So <laughs> that was the end of the night. So so. To give me the weather forecast, when they did that and then the rest of the night, how much rain did you see where you were? Um, we got to the hotel, and there's maybe five minutes of sprinkles, and that was okay. it. So, and, and the rumor has it was this came down from Major League Baseball that the game was 
had to be canceled. This had nothing to do with the Washington Nationals saying it's a no go. So because of the late night from Atlanta, or what? What are you hearing on that? I, I'm not sure. It just I heard that Major League Baseball said that was enough for the the the, the chances for the torrential downpour was enough. Got it. Call it a night. So, so tell me, you know, obviously your wife looks at you. Uh, what did you end up doing then? Did, did the tickets, they were good for the day double header. So you had to kind of rearrange your schedule or what happened there? Yeah. That, that kind of threw a wrench. We were going to do some sightseeing. So luckily my wife was a trooper and on Wednesday we did about 10 hours of straight baseball. So <laughs> for her, who's not a, who's not a baseball fan, it was pretty, pretty, tough on her part to sit through all that so hats off to her <laughs> yeah absolutely man uh, yeah she deserves some uh, something there i tell you what <laughs> uh so what was uh, you know would, would love to get your take on was that your first time uh in dc and a national park curious yes it was yes it was so what was what was your take i'd love to hear it it's clean park if you ever have a chance to be in the club seats it's it's air conditioned, which was perfect for a ninety-five degree night on Monday nice. night before the game got canceled. Um, the area is going to be amazing once everything gets built up around it, like Coors Field is right now. It's they're it's slowly just growing up everything around it. So, and and Actually, I, the I, big I, take I had, oh, sorry, the big take I had on there was I was impressed by the the extension of the protected netting. That's been a big wow. topic around right now. Okay, so you know it's funny because I was going to ask you about that. Was that pretty noticeable? Did you hear any fans talking about it? Just curious. Um, the second game we went to, we were behind the Rockies dugout, so it's one of those things. I I'm a fan that course Field needs to have it. It's the protection for kids is just totally, you need to have that up for one thing. Yeah. yeah, and then it's it doesn't hurt fan experience by the first. A couple outs you hardly even notice looking through it. It doesn't hurt fan experience whatsoever. So, okay. You know we've we've got a poll up right now on on uh, Twitter, and it's been very interesting to see a lot of the comments about the netting and everything going on there. And uh, you know the Rockies announced today that they were going to be looking at all options, and that's all they're saying right now for 2020. Uh, so Noah, want want to get your take? What's your take on the netting and uh, where you think things are going to go? In a way, I don't like it, and that's simply because of the pregame aspect where you have uh, fans, particularly kids, trying to get autographs from players or balls or whatever. Um, But for the game aspect, I think it's a necessity because of the fan, because you don't, obviously you don't want it was a few days ago where there was a three-year-old kid in an Indians game who got hit by a ball yeah. um, that was, went into the stands. So, I've honestly, I've, I wish it was kind of like a retractable thing where, hey, before the game, you can have it down. So, hey, you can have autographs, players can toss balls up, pictures, whatever. But then for during the game, it could go up. But, I mean, that's uh, obviously that's technology that I'm 
I have no idea how it would even work if it could even work. Yeah, actually, at National Stadium, they behind the dugout, they actually could retract it up, so you could actually okay. talk to the guys from the dugout. Yeah. So okay, so yeah, I couldn't tell from on the on down the far end of the line, but behind the dugout, they did raise it up. Yeah, and, and that's okay. actually one thing I was going to mention is that I saw some pictures of the ushers kind of unclipping part of it, and it looked like before the game. So you know, to me. That's a that's a good happy medium there, uh, and I and and I agree with both you guys. I think there's got to be some time that there's interaction and everything else. And I know that you know the players can obviously still throw the ball over the netting, you know, during the game. But I think before the game, you've got to give that interaction as well as during the game, you've got to protect fans, especially these young kids. That it seems like those balls are just gravitating toward them at this point. Yeah, and that's the unfortunate thing. I mean. I have a feeling that in the off season, Commissioner Manfred is going to say, "Hey, they need to be in all the stadiums from foul pole to foul pole." Yeah. Whether that actually does happen or not remains obviously to be seen. But I wouldn't be surprised if he does that this off season. Well, let's uh, let's switch gears here for just a minute because uh, we always try to keep our podcast below twenty minutes, uh, even with special guests and lots of tough stuff to talk about tonight. Uh, but obviously, yesterday, uh, kind of a little bit of a shock, I would say, that uh, Troy Tulowitzki announced his retirement from baseball, uh, heading to the University of Texas uh, to help out their baseball program. And love, we'll have Tulo and Matt Holiday going at each other in Big 12 action when Texas and Oklahoma State uh, pair up against each other. But, you know, it's been interesting to me to see the comments about Tulo uh, and, and certainly uh, I'm going to just start off by saying this guy was not an angel by any shape or form, you know, and as much as we love the, the smile that cargo used to have and the way that, you know, players interact with fans, this was a guy that didn't fit that mold. And he's being remembered as much for how he acted toward fans and the media and everything else here in Colorado, as much as he is for his play. And even I'd say even for his injuries as well. So it seems like there's like three faces of Tulo that I'm hearing so much about with the kind of, shall we say smarmy side versus the injured side versus when he was healthy, what he meant to this franchise. And Aaron would just kind of, Love to pick your brain. What stands out to you whenever I say Troy Tulowitzki in the Colorado Rockies? You can't stop. You can't start without talking about October with, yeah. with Troy. Yeah. That 2007 was just unbelievable. And obviously, as a rookie, he wasn't a big piece of it, but he was a catalyst, that's for sure. And then the 09 season, and then you can't talk about Tulo without his defense as well. At shortstop, he's basically is the role model for what Trevor Story has become at shortstop for the Rockies. Yeah, and and I'll also say that you know if you look at some of the comments that Nolan made after the game uh, in DC after the Tulo retirement had been announced, and Nolan's talking about all the ways that Tulo has made him a better player. You know, I think it's really interesting to see that that kind of transition uh you know and, and again Tulo according to Nolan was a you know dare I say a hard ass you know and really pushed him hard but that's part of who Nolan is today so how about you Noah what's kind of your uh your Tulo thoughts here tonight honestly the person that I kind of think of with 
Troy Tulowitzki for a comparison for all three of the aspects is Albert Bell. Oh. Short career. Had a lot of injuries. Albert Bell had to retire when he was 32. But when he was healthy, he was one of the best players in baseball. And then we all know with Albert Bell, his media stuff, <laughs> Hannah Storm, World Series, uh, not good. Yeah. Um, and not to mention uh, the story of, uh, well, Albert Bell wants the air conditioner at 60 degrees. And, oh, somebody turned it up to 65. So, oh, I'm going to set it at 60 and I'm going to destroy it with a bat. So you guys can't change it. <laughs> Obviously, T Tulo didn't do that. That's kind of what I think of, of short career or relatively short career. And then, but when you, when they were healthy, they played really well, but media interaction, fan interaction, not that great. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and, and Aaron, I think you're spot on whenever you say, he, man, being a part of so many of those great moments in Rocky's history, I mean, two loves can be associated with that. Always going to be the whole uh, clap and the way that uh, fans used to interact with him as he'd step to the plate. You know, that was a, a big one as well. So uh, we'll certainly be interested to see how uh, and if he comes back to course. I thought it was very interesting that Nolan said that he did not expect uh, Troy to come back to Coors Field. Um, that, uh, you know, that he came back with the Blue Jays and the fans gave him his uh, thank you at that point. He thinks that that was the last time that Troy will darken the doors in Denver. So it'll be interesting to see. And with the trade and everything, obviously that maybe isn't too big a surprise. All right. So guys, we are, uh, we're going to wrap up here for the evening, but, uh, would love to, I'm going to ask, put you both on the spot here. The rest of the Red series. So you've got Saturday, Sunday before they come home with three with the Dodgers. What's going to happen over these next five games before the trade deadline? Aaron, you're up. Yeah. I'm hoping they can split the last two with the Reds, and then if we can get lucky and get one out of three with the Dodgers, but it's looking ugly right now. With Finally, the offense is turning around at least the last two games, but I don't know if the bullpen is – Good enough to hold off the Dodgers from scoring enough yeah. runs. Well, and and the Dodgers are going to come to Coors Field with brand new weapons. You know they're going to make moves at the trade deadline. So this will be a team that's got Corey Seager back, AJ Pollock back, and it's going to have some new pieces to play with as well. I'll be honest. Before tonight's game, in my head, I said if the Rockies could actually split these next six games between the Reds and the Dodgers, I'd almost consider that a victory. Uh, Noah, how about you? I completely agree with that. And, I mean, considering that the Reds' best starting pitcher is Luis Castillo, and today, I mean, he was shelled, and the Rockies somehow got 12 runs. Um, not all of them off him. but um, So I think that this series, they should be fine. Maybe even a two out of three, maybe even a sweep. But the Dodgers, I mean, that's, they're, they've been the Rockies' grip tonight the past yeah. few years, as we all know. Um, and uh, the best you could hope for is one out of three. Uh, that's uh, To me, that's best-case scenario. If you get two, if you sweep, marvelous. Yeah. Well, yeah. But 
I would not be surprised in the slightest if they were just swept and look like they have been for the past month or so. Yeah, how wild will that make July 31st if they're on the cusp of sweeping the Dodgers at Coors? That would be insane. So, um, hey, but w- I'm going to be at Coors Field for that series. Looking forward to it. Obviously, uh, be providing coverage for you on rocksfile.com. Always make sure you check out the great stuff that Aaron puts out. Uh, I will tell you, Aaron, you have been uh, amazing just with the ideas that you come up with for articles, and we certainly are glad to have you as a part of the team and tonight's podcast, man. So thanks for joining us. Hey, and Noah, as always, uh, good stuff that you put out there, and I know that a lot of stuff you do behind the scenes to make the site work. Looking forward to you and I doing another podcast here real soon, and uh, I'm sure we'll have some more thoughts as the trade deadline gets near. Yep, and hopefully, well, at least in baseball in general, hopefully we'll have some sort of trades, not just all these rumors and, oh, nothing (laughs) happens. Well, Will will be back with a uh, podcast before the Dodgers series begins to kind of look and, again, just to kind of take the pulse of this team as they come home for what's not only going to be a tough series in the NL West, but also that darn trade deadline that we keep talking about that creeps ever closer. But – uh, for my colleagues, Aaron Hurt, Noah Yingling, this is Kevin Henry from Roxpile signing off. Thank you for listening to us. Make sure you're subscribed to us wherever you get your uh, podcasts so that you can always get the latest from the Roxpile Rockies Report. Wherever you get your... Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.